0: When I am sad and weary, when I think all hope has gone, when I walk along High Holborn, I think of you with nothing on.
1: Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Tony's Poetry Club here. My name is Ryan. I'm an amateur poet myself. I'm joined alongside me by Brandon and Tony, of course, they're the one that's named after. We're here to talk about some some pieces of poetry you just heard, Celia, Celia written, uh, spoken uh, by by Aaron there's written by Adrian Mitchell. Uh, a wonderful poem to, to read and one that we're going to analyze over the next 15, 20 minutes or so. But first, we're going to get into introductions. I've already kind of given mine, so I'm going to hand it over to, to Tony.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, this is Tony. I'm an English teacher. I'm a linguist. And I'm a, an amateur poet as well for how much I read poetry more than I write it. And alongside those there'll be uh, El Brandon.
0: Hello, everybody. My name is
2: Brandon. I'm sort of the uh,
0: the newcomer to poetry. Um, might call me a bit of a philistine in that regard. I normally prefer to write and read novels, um but this is a good opportunity for me to really get involved and have a a nice beginner's introduction to poetry and the world that it lives in. So, yeah, shall we get started talking about Celia Celia?
1: You certainly should, getting right into it. I'm going to ask a a couple questions of you both to start off with. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Tony. When when you read this poem, does it leap out to you in any way? Can you relate to it in a specific uh, manner that would be something that you would you know relate to in your particular life does it does it make that, that kind of connection with you
2: it actually does it actually does um i do especially in these in these times in which we are all kind of um extra estranged somehow you know we are all um, forced to be inside you know um distant and we can't really socialize as much as we did before uh it really resonated with that thing of loneliness and then uh, but you find comfort in the idea of something that um, brings you, uh, that makes you smile somehow. In this case, we have Celia Celia, which clearly would be naked in the <laughs> in the author. <laughs> exactly. Everyone has their own Celia Celia, Brandon. Uh, so, so yeah, it does, it does. And I can really relate to it um, right now, actually, um, in these moments where I am leaving every day. I is that something that resonates with you as well, Brandon? Or? Uh,
0: I don't know. The fact that you're resonating with this right now is uh, making me cover up a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it really does come down to this This thing. Um, you said it best with, I think everybody has a Celia. And it doesn't need to be this sort of a bit cheeky, a little bit naughty um, thing of uh, imagining someone in the nude. But just having that nice thought that you can have and you know just walking along and you know go to your quote unquote your happy place uh, i think everybody can sort of relate to that you know just everybody has something to distract them you know be it um thinking about uh, a nice memory um for me i like to sort of think about um different plot lines and stuff for writing i'm going to do uh in yours and adrian mitchell's case i suppose you're just walking along thinking about naked women, which, you know, I'm not going to judge. Who Um,
2: doesn't? (laughs) Sorry, but who doesn't? Yeah, but
0: who who doesn't? But like, you know, some of us don't admit it. (laughs) It's
1: it's impossible to judge because we all have our own uh, kind of guilty pleasures in that sense. Things that we we hide away from everyone else that that make us, uh, you know, happy inside when but things might not be going our way or or just life in general is, is getting you down. Um, in like extending on from that, though, it it has a very self-referential tone. Every like the first, second, and third line, of course, start with when I, and then the last one, just, I think of you, um, I am, I think I walk. It's all talking about himself and how it, how he relates to that in, in terms of thinking in that way, it's not narrated from above or from outside Mm. of itself. So it's, it's it's very internal in that in that sense i wouldn't go as far as to say philosophical um but it, no. it just feels like something that the writer is saying to himself more so than to anyone else does does that mm. um... see
0: this is what i was going to ask do you think that he's saying this to celia or do you think that this is more of a introspective thing that he's just sort of like admitting to himself one of his behavioral habits because like to me the title celia celia like repeating the name it gives me you know when people are like oh celia celia like uh that stereotypical remembering a nice memory or nice person sort of thing so to me i think it's is quite introspective into himself but do you think that there could be a different interpretation to this maybe he's sending i don't know this is poetry, isn't it? So it's going to be something fancy, like he's sending naughty letters or something.
1: It, it could be. I mean, there's obviously there's all kinds of of different poetry and and different uses for that. Uh, we, I don't. It's hard to ex- extrapolate exactly what the writer was going for, uh, especially with such a short poem. It almost just seems like a a little excerpt from a diary entry or something like that. Mm-hmm. And say, it's that hardly
0: it's... a it's hardly a dirty text, is it? Because there's no like yeah. winky emojis or. It is still classy <laughs> in that sense it's
1: it's mm. not like it's trying to be a. that like you I will use the word you use perverted almost when you were talking winky
0: winky emojis are very classy I have you know it's, i mean it is the original love
1: letter in a sense, but he's saying it to himself it well, might it's not really be a love letter though is it... it i mean it just in that that is the the feeling that it takes on, not necessarily in form but in function in that. I don't know if he'd ever actually admit this to Celia, oh. or if um, it's even particularly Celia that he's thinking about. He uses that name, but it's her name is never mentioned in the poem, so it could just be uh, something that he does with everyone. Everyone that he thinks about. Like, I, I love the idea of someone like falling on love, falling in love every single day, just like sat on the bus seeing a new woman every day, and that's what they think about them. And then they attach that to, to High Holborn, which is, I believe, actually a street in London. So it, I think it could be that, rather than being specifically about one, one woman. But I think that is the, uh, the juxtaposition to whether or not it's something that is an internal idea, or it's just an outward kind of thing that he thinks about everyone.
0: So you don't think that walking along High Holborn is uh, a euphemism for him doing something a bit dirtier? It could be.
2: Mate, then I am the perv? <laughs> I don't. I don't
0: read, sorry, but I don't read that. You know, I'm mean, <laughs> just I mean, thinking. You know, like no, why? Why specifically no, high Holborn? No. Maybe it's no. a euphemism. Maybe <laughs> he's there. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, lads, I'm a bit late. I just need to <clears throat> walk along. High, <laughs> hold <on." laughs> I don't.
2: I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. And I also don't think. I don't. I can't read it in the love letter key. Mm. Um, I. I think he's naughty. than but, if you allow me dirtier even, then you actually uh the you are they are perceiving this. Because if it was a love letter, would you not think he would write something like, uh, I, I smile, or uh, the thought of you makes me smile, or I think of you mm-hmm. and I smile. You know, something more um gentle perhaps, mm-hmm. a bit more romantic. But I, I probably to mention to mention um uh, Freud. it it, it always comes down to sex to a certain extent and what i read here is more of this sort of uh, loneliness this feeling of uh, feeling lost and being desperate and stuff and the only comfort that he finds is in the sexual um the sexual thought something that reminds him of uh happiness when it comes to his own sexuality um, mm. And that's my perception, but as you say I'm a perv, so hate
0: no, honestly I, 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 I I'm obviously joking saying you're a pervert. but no I'm I, 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 <laughs> I, I <not>. entirely <laughs> I entirely agree with what you're saying. Like I really mm. do think that it has this um this this element of again, yeah, just this element it does have this element of perversion, but I think perversion maybe isn't the best word for it. I think it comes back to exactly what you said, Ryan. Guilty pleasure, like, oh yeah, it's your own naughty little thought, right? And you know you can find that, like that, that solace in him indulging in his guilty pleasure, and like you say, like you know, in his sexuality. If that's his happy place, then go to your happy place.
2: And I also read something like allowing yourself to, to, to feel sexual as like a sexual being again. You know, to th- being able to think about uh, sexuality. So it's not. For, for like probably and um, our old uh, uh, audience, um, uh, that that is something that you know they could relate to, right? But I don't know how old Adrian Mitchell was when he wrote this, but the fact that through this poem you can kind of feel the fact that he allows himself to think about his sexual being again, and, and you know what made me think about this actually, funny enough, I was watching Shameless yesterday, at the the British version, of course. And there's this episode in which uh, one of the, of the characters, she's a bit fat, bless her, um, she started struggling with herself, thinking that her husband doesn't love her anymore because she's fat and stuff. And then at the end of it, I actually read the poem after watching that episode and I realized, well, actually, this is something that could relate to that situation as well, you know, because if you allow yourself to think about the fact that you can still be a sexual being somehow, to repeat myself again, then... That would also allow you to be okay with whatever shape you have, or how whatever you look like. Mm.
1: It does go back to the 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 thought that it is a not well, not in this sense a guilty pleasure, but just something to allow yourself to be seen like that. Yeah, I think it's something that affects uh, probably affects women more than men in general, not thinking of themselves as worthy as as like a sexual partner, for example. In the, in the sense that this is self-referential for, uh, if, if it is Adrian Mitchell, and this is not a character, that it is a, uh, almost autobiographical in that sense, that he's thinking about someone else, but only in the confines of his own mind. And yeah. would he ever say that to, to Celia? Would he ever have the confidence and belief in himself to, to act that way in front of someone? Or is it something he can only do within the confines of his, his own imagination?
0: Tune in next time and find out on Perverts on High Holborn. <laughs> <laughs> we keep going
1: back to that it's yeah we do uh, i actually wanted to mention that it's there's very little uh, complicated language in this it's all quite simplistic you know standard emotions sad and and weary he thinks so, all hope is gone it starts with the first two lines it's, it's very down uh in the dumps then it's a neutral line when i walk, walk along high hallborn it's it's something that's just it could be you could put anything in place of high Holborn. it's just a uh, an, an anchor for what you might associate with it, but what the, specifically the writer does, and then yeah. just completely flips it on it on its head. With I think of you with nothing on, you expect this to be kind of a bittersweet uh, ending to the to the poem, but it, then it's just completely out there, and it, it's almost like he doesn't care what people think. That's that is just how he feels, and he's happy to express that.
2: But I don't know if you guys are um, familiar with. Um, the concept of meditation and yoga and that sort of stuff. But this is pretty much what they, they they tell you to do when you do meditation and yoga, is to put yourself first, you know, yourself in, in the center. And because when you read romantic or love poems, you as you said, Ryan, you always end up, um, you know, end up with a sweet note, sweet word in a sweet way, uh, always referring to the other person as like this angelic figure somehow. In this case, as you said, um, it flips, but he also puts himself in the center, right? So um, I can see some, some sort of healthy selfishness, if that, if, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, some sort mean, of, yeah, I'm not okay, but I need to pull myself first. And to pull myself first, this thought made me happy or, I don't know, gives me a boner or whatever else.
1: I think it's a mistake that a lot of writers actually make in terms of romance is that they almost put their muses on pedestal and they yeah. think of them as, as someone that's exempt from, you know, like uh, criticism or uh, just the, the pangs of, of being a human and hiding away from that idea of not taught, thinking about someone else and completely reeling it back into how you, how you think and what you care about is, I don't think it's a cheap way of of hiding from that. But this doesn't feel romantic. It feels sleazy in a sense, and that they're so confident to, to go ahead with that and say that. In, yeah. Uh, just a four line poem, I think speaks a lot about the the writer as whole.
2: If he's right.
0: I I don't really have much else to say on this one. Uh, I think we we've we've sort of talked around it in, in every sense we could, but I, I think that's there is a lot more we could talk about, obviously. Yeah. and I think that's what's very special about this poem. At least to me as like I said, like quite illiterate when it comes to poetry. It's four lines, and it's like you say, it's very basic language. Yet we're sort of here. We're like, oh well, has it got these hidden meanings? Is it developing to this big thing? But to me, it could also just be a bit of a a mucky confession. And after he wrote it, he was like, I'm going to submit this to a poetry producer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, it got published. Like, I I don't know. It's it it could be many things, and I think that's. That's merit to the poem, that in four lines, it's got people thinking about so much and so many different angles. So hats off to Adrian Mitchell, I guess, you you dirty pervert. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs>
1: overarching beauty of poetry. It can be as deep or as shallow as you want it to. It's all about reader interpretation. And the fact that we can kind of plot dust with this and draw so much from it that may not even be there, it just this shows how, how powerful any piece of, of writing can be, any kind of literature, not just
2: poetry. So yeah i agree with brandon there isn't much more that we can add to this there, there, there might be but at this point i think we covered all the bases and uh, before we leave i would really really strongly advise everyone out there to read it because it is very nice the, the more i read it the more i'm making mine um so celia celia by adrian mitchell if anyone's listening to us please go and look it up because it is very nice especially for these times so Find your Celia. Have a boner gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. Thank you so very much, everyone, for listening. For listening to Tony's Poetry Club, I'm glad you could join us on this uh, this journey. We'll be looking forward to listen, to seeing you on the next podcast, listening into the next poem that we read through. I have been Ryan. Alongside me, of course, Tony and Brandon. Thank you so very much to them as well. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys.